Hi there. Welcome to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends have a lot to say about their favorite TV shows and movies. This week on our Witcher recap, Season 2, Episode 3, What is Lost? Daria. Hey Jenny. How are you doing? I'm good for my first day back in the office after almost two weeks out. Same. Me, I started back today as well and let me tell you. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if we just stopped? It would it would be great. (laughs) I forever just don't want to work ever again. Does anyone want to like I don't know. To subsidize our life. <laughs> Honestly. Subsidize our lives. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I've never had such problem, like, getting back into the swing of things as I have this year. Yeah, I think going on season three of the pandemic makes waking up for work real hard. Yeah, like, phew. It's in that season where, like, I just forget about it. I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm sick of it. All the characters suck. And the storyline blows. Yeah. I feel like we're jumping the shark. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I know. I know. Do you know I had to explain the, like, history of jumping the shark to my husband the other day? And... What? (laughs) The whole time. So, you know, for anyone who's listening... Jumping the shark originated with Happy Days when they had the Fonz literally jump a shark on water skis. And my husband and I got into this debate because he goes, yeah, and then the Fonz dies, right? And I'm like, no, 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 he survives the shark jump. And he goes, but the Fonz definitely dies in the show. Right? Like, too much stuff happens to the Fonz. He definitely dies, right? And I'm like, no, he doesn't die. It's happy days. God. Yeah. He's like, well, what about the explosion? And then I'm like, what? Explosion? Which led us down a Wikipedia hole of there actually being an explosion at the Fonz's garage. And somehow he survives. And I don't know. Now I... Oh, my God. Little did we know, Happy Days is actually a paranormal show. The Fonz is a ghost. It just brought up a lot of thoughts for me about happy days. <laughs> Weird. Weird. That's so funny that he didn't know that I was about... He had never heard the term jumping the shark? I mean, I think he has. It just he didn't think about, like, oh, what a weird phrase. Where did it originate I see. From? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. His his childhood wasn't spent on like television without pity or TV tropes. You know what I oh, mean? Oh god, like his television without pity. Wife. God, I love that website so much. <laughs> Me too, dude. Loved it. Spent so much time there. My god, remember that one TV reviewer and her dragon? That was my favorite. I don't know what her name was, but you know what I'm talking about, right? She I do. used to oh my do god. the Lost recaps, and yes. she used to do. I don't remember what her name was, but she was great. Oh my and god, she, the dragon woman. What was her real name? Dragon. And the dragon would watch the shows with her. Um, I don't remember her name at all, but man, I haven't thought about that in so long. But oh my god. Amazing. I love that. Yeah, well, it's 2022. It is 2022. Feels weird. Yeah, kinda. Kinda feels weird. Like, we're in the early 20s of the 21st century. 22nd? Uh, what century are we in? It's still the 21st century. Lame. We, we, got, a, we got a while to go on that one. <laughs> I'm just zooming right ahead. <laughs> yeah, it does feel weird. I was fighting with my internet company today. Actually... They were quite good, um, but they were trying to get us to pay, like, $150 more a month and, like, hoping we wouldn't notice. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I was like, yeah, so I talked to you guys last November. And I was like, actually, no, it was, like, last, last November. 
and she's like okay and i was like november 2020 she's like oh okay hmm. because like it would just felt like what what is time like that is like no. the motto of the 20s it's what is time yeah you go to bed and you wake up and it's two years later and all this shit's the same honestly honestly no i have good internet again though so but you know what there you go i know they just our promotion had ended and they didn't tell us and then like didn't follow up with us and then we had a bill for 150 dollars more than we normally pay and i was like hmm we used a lot of internet this month (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh well i thought we were unlimited internet and then i looked and yeah no it just expired so i called them and i was like no i'm not doing this uh, and Fair. then they gave me a, like, pretty, g- very comparable price to the one that I had already gotten. And they backdated it to when my uh, other one ran out. So I have, like, a huge, like, credit on our account now. So, Ooh. yeah, they really did it. They, they actually were quite good about it, which is surprising. So I'm not going to say who they are because they don't get a, they don't get a free shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they want to subsidize our lives. Right. In which case, exactly. we'll talk about it. Yeah, you want to sponsor our podcast, then sure. We're not above it. Yeah. Can we also talk about the PBR Twitter account? <laughs> Amazing. If you are going to quit your job, that's how you do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. Oh, my God. Um, I know. Because I woke up to a tweet that said... R.I.P. This was taken from us too soon. Or, or taken from us too soon. And I was like, oh my god, who else died? And then I went and it was just that the tweet had been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh god. It was so good. It was so funny. Um, For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, the Pabst Blue Ribbon <laughs> Twitter account. I can barely get through this without laughing. The Paps Blue Ribbon Twitter account uh, on the 3rd of January posted, not drinking this January, try eating ass. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it had, like, I don't know, something like 7,000 likes by the time that, uh, that it was deleted, I think. And then not only did that, but, like, they actually kept responding. <laughs> And then eventually they were all deleted, but, like, someone replied, I don't know what this is about, but it's hilarious. And then they replied with, it's about eat ass and eating it. (laughs) (laughs) I expect nothing less from the beer that got me through college, that's for sure. Right? Oh, my God. Like, so great. So what I heard is that I guess apparently they weren't hacked. It was, I think it was... Someone who had worked for them, I guess it was said, they said something like, we apologize for the language and content of our recent tweets. The tweets in question were written in poor judgment by one of our associates. In no way does the content of those tweets reflect the values of Pabst and our associates. We're handling the matter internally and have removed the tweets from our social platforms. Which, I mean, don't yuck people's yums, Pabst Blue Ribbon. I'm just saying. (laughs) You don't need to kink shame people. I mean, they should have correlated their sales with those tweets. I bet you 20 bucks they went up. Oh, my God. I'm sure. Like, but that was so great. I just, there is something so perfect about brands on Twitter, like, engaging that I just love. Like, I love when someone will tweet something and, like, all of these other brands will like re like reply to it with like just a little spin on their from their own branding it's just i know it's all like coordinated or it's all like but i just love it i can't help it i just love it well i mean we live in a really weird time we really do let the brands on social media be a little weird and entertaining let pizza hut and oreos be friends (laughs) you're probably both owned by the same company but uh yeah everyone in the world is owned by like four companies oh god i guess we should talk about the witcher now (laughs) should we talk about the witcher yes i think we should i think we should talk about the witcher uh this was one of my favorite episodes of the season i think 
Yeah, you know what? I I loved this episode. I think it had so much. Oh, I don't know. It was just super entertaining. It was. I I thought, you know, the it, the sec, second episode sort of gave us this like snippet, this like little like hint of what we were going to see in terms of Siri mm-hmm. training. And I was kind of worried that they would kind of like time jump and all of a sudden she's like awesome with a sword and, you know, they're on their merry way. And I really loved how that was not the case. I know. I, I think one of the things that I will forever appreciate about this show is non-aging Siri up and not making her like a certified badass because yeah. we see her fail a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... The episode opens with the sort of, like, horrific funeral of Eskel. Which, leave it to the witchers to have a sustainable yet disgusting way of um, burying their their fellow brother witchers. Yeah, it was a lot. I was like, y'all are gonna just let those wolves eat him? And (laughs) yeah. Do you know what my... My fear was, is that, like, the leshy thing was contagious, and then they were going to have, like, these rabid wolf <laughs> leshies running around. I was like, y'all are just letting them eat contaminated meat? Like, wow. what's up with that? Yeah, God, are you guys, like, those people that put, like, the antifreeze and the dog food in the park? Like, come <laughs> on, guys. Those are your wolves. Those are your bros. And then the, I mean, the worst part is seeing, like, because obviously um, Vesemir is trying to figure out what happened. So he's, like, on the oper, well, the witcher version of the operating table. Yeah. And he's, like, peeling the oh, bark back. I mean. So gross. The sounds it was disgusting. are just, like, <laughs> Yeah, the sounds, the Whoever did the sound editing for this episode, kudos to you because I wanted to vomit a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, like, just the special effects and, like, the, oh, yeah. Just, like, what, how, oh, I don't even want to know. It was just so gross. It was disgusting. But it does sort of, like, it keeps open that story thread of, like, how did this happen? What's going on? Like, yeah. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, so I think the funny, one of the funny things about this is, like, this is the episode, I think, where Geralt is kind of just, like, really in his head about Eskel and the Leshy and, like, kind of just, like, forgets about Siri. So, like, thank God she's, like, a 13-year-old girl and not a baby. Fuck. Um, I know. You know, but then, so, you know, we see Lambert um, take her to, I don't know, the continent's version of American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> I know. I was like, look at this cute little training course. Like, who built that? I want to know. I want a flashback to the witchers building their little training course. Right? And so that was one of the things that when you said about how we see Siri fail, I was like, okay, well... Now she's going to, like, ace it. And they're going to be like, oh, man. And then she just gets whomped in the head yeah. real bad. And, like, listen, as much as I I can't wait for Lambert to be put in his place because I do not find it cool to bully a child, I, you know, it's a realistic, it's, it's realistic to see Siri get her ass kicked. Yeah, and, and, but also I liked it because it gave her the opportunity to, like, keep going to like really she just did not give up like which was cool like you know what I mean like she was determined and then of course when she sees that Geralt is then and Vesemir are there watching her and she's like almost at the end and then she falls at the very last jump oh but you know I I think Geralt handled that I know so well because he was so compassionate about it he was. He was like, you were so close, you know? Like, Geralt is definitely not a natural dad, but when he gets it right, he gets it really right. Yes. Yeah, he does. He does. Which I have heard perhaps maybe he wasn't exactly that good of it 
in the book or the game mm. that maybe he I think I feel like that's what I read is that he maybe was not quite so adept at handling these situations in the book but I don't know I think you know the tv show is not going to ever be exactly like the book and given that Henry Cavill is such a goddamn diehard witcher stan I feel like we're getting the best we're getting the best version of what they think Geralt is you know what I mean well yeah I mean and he's you know he's the hero of the series and so like we want a flawed character, but when you've had a bunch of grown men sort of like egging this girl on, you can't also have a girl joining in on that because what's there to root for? Right, exactly. You know? No, for sure. So he's obviously quite oblivious to what it, it means to take care of a girl. Yeah. But when it comes to the training stuff, I think yeah. he's a very good mentor in that for respect. Sure. And I think, you know, this is also the first episode where... Geralt kind of begins to understand that Ciri has some juice. <laughs> yes. You know, she has, she has some power. She has some chaos inside of her. Yeah, I, I think it's like he sort of understood that there was something different about her because of her visions. Right. But now he's realizing that, like, there's just so much more to it than her dreams, basically. Right, and that she's feeling this, like, pulling feeling Mm -hmm. to the Leshy. And basically, he kind of uses her as bait. I mean, she she willingly kind of goes along with it, but he uses her as bait and um, to get the Leshy, and we see it's a one-handed Leshy, which is the Leshy that Eskel did not kill. And then we get... I don't, how would you describe the monster that kills the flesh? Yeah, so it's kind of like an, a, a combination of it. Like, it seems a lot of things. Like, it has, like, horns, but, like, hunt, uh, a lot of legs. And so like it has, a, like, a centipede body. But a skull face or something. Like a skull, a yeah. wolf skull or something. Like, real weird. And a lot of eyes. <laughs> And so that slices the Leshy in half. Yeah, which is like an interesting direction because a lot of this episode has been dealing with Eskel and his loss. And, you know, there's like that flashback moment that Geralt has with Eskel and Mm. you see the bond between them. And we finally meet the monster that is responsible for his death right and he dies two seconds later or she dies whatever mm-hmm. i don't know if you should uh, attribute a gender to the leshy i mean she had some curves which i thought was a little bit weird <laughs> considering the leshies are like i said in the last episode primarily male but anyway she kind of looked like an aunt jemima bottle which i thought was so bizarre yeah she looked very much like one of those tree nymphs from the game skyrim so I was like okay <laughs> But it was so interesting yeah. that we, like, axed that immediately, yeah. and now we're dealing with this many-legged, weird bug Centipede wolf face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, but Siri was, like, totally chill. <laughs> like, the whole time. She was, like, totally chill. There is, like, some weird-ass centipede gazillion-eyed horned thing chasing you and she's just like running away from it luring it to wherever Geralt can just like do his witcher thing and it's just like you know okay so my husband and I were having this conversation that he didn't remember season one being so monster of the week Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. like Oh, because I feel like it totally was Monster of the Week. And then I listed off, like, all of these things for every episode that really... And he was like, oh. So I wonder if it's just that there was so much going on in the first season and so many different timelines and so much happening in every episode that it didn't feel like the Monster of the Week was the only storyline where this, I feel like, in the last three episodes, so episodes one, two, and three has very much felt like monster of the week yeah and i think it's intentional in the sense that like 
the framing of training Siri. Yeah. You know, and, and as we get deeper into the season, we see that Siri's really, I mean, really committed to training and kind of becoming a mini witcher. And so being able to use these creatures in a storytelling sense to me is is like a nice way of being like, this is what you want to do? Like, are you sure? Like, yeah. here's all the fucking crazy monsters you're going to have to kill day in and day out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Monster of the Week stuff. Like, I do. Yeah. I love that kind of storytelling. Um, it's just fun. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I do enjoy it. But yeah, I definitely notice that it's a lot more um, apparent um, in this season than in the second season. I'm sorry, and then in the first season. Yeah. But what's interesting, too, about this one is that Geralt sort of immediately recognizes that it's new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, like who's seen this? this before? And, like, yeah. you would imagine someone like Geralt, who is a witcher, who literally gets paid to kill fucking monsters, he has been around. He has yeah, seen been there, done that. All, he has seen all the monsters of the continent, um, in one way <laughs> or another. And the fact that this is new is like, oh boy, what is going on? Right, that it's new, and that it's also in part pulling, as they've been saying. Yeah, to Siri. Siri. Yeah, exactly. She's she's feeling the pull of this weird new monster, and it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Oh. Right. <laughs> You know, what is this crazy chaos that's sort of suddenly, like, erupting in her, right? Yeah, and I think it opens up the story there, which is great, and it also gives Geralt a little bit more insight into what Siri can handle, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. deciding to maybe punch up the training or to take her... Yeah. More seriously. Exactly. In in the sense that like she is dying to to she wants prepare herself to do this and, and she can do it. And you know And she's going to do it with it, with or without his help. So it would be better to at least have his help. You know? Uh and then speaking of chaos, we move from Kermorn back to Ertuza, which we see the council of the Mm -hmm. brotherhood right i think it's Mm -hmm. pretty much all of them are there Uh, tisea and uh vilgefort seem like they're more part of the inner circle now um and or at least they're trying to be um they're trying to kind of like overthrow stragbor tisea is basically gonna you know say yennefer's name that she is one of the dead Mm -hmm. and there's yennefer (laughs) just chilling in the doorway um which i kind of loved i really did kind of love that i know i loved the delivery too where they're talking about the 13 that had died and yennefer's like 12 actually (laughs) right here right exactly exactly (laughs) oh gosh yeah so that was that was kind of awesome and so obviously to say it is very happy to see yennefer and then we get this whole sort of Tissaia and Vilgefortz try to overthrow Stregobor. Yeah, it's definitely the start of things. Because, because he, like, he comes upon Yennefer in the hallway or something. Yeah, so what we see first is when Yennefer returns, Tissaia and Yennefer have this, like, private moment out somewhere else in the right, tower. Right, And um, Tissaia says, like, once again, you know, uh, we wouldn't be here without you. You saved us all. You should be so proud of yourself. But, like, keep it on the down low. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Vilgefortz and I are working our political mojo here, and we don't need you making any noise because we need this to be as, you know, easy as possible. And – Yennefer, to her credit, doesn't argue with it, but you can tell that she's like, what the fuck is going on? Well, it's kind of weird because it almost seems that, like, Tissaia is kind of being like, hey, so my boyfriend um, needs to get the credit. Hope you're fine yeah. with that. Good job, though. Good job. Thanks for saving us all. But, like, we're going to not say it was you, okay? <laughs> yeah like it's a little bit weird 
It's so weird. The Vilgefords to say a thing to me is like, I don't love it. But I also just don't like Vilgefort, so... Yeah, I don't <laughs> trust him, sort of, a little bit. No, and and I don't know if that's because this... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I get bad vibes. I get full-on bad vibes. Yeah. So, no, first... So, sorry. First, Tissaia has not been able to get anything out of Kahir. Yes. His... The magic barrier in his mind that Frangilla put in there is holding... Mm-hmm. She cannot get anything out of torturing him. And it's kind of like not great <laughs> because she was the one who was kind of like, hey, no, let me do this. We're going to get all the answers from him. And now it's like not really working, <laughs> um, right. which is not great. So with that, we see Stregobor who is like, well, Yennefer just showed up and like what the... You know, let's, you know, I don't trust her. And, like, in some ways, like, as much as I hate Stregobor, like, fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> it is sort of like, oh, you just happen to walk out as a prisoner of war. Right. And survive. Right. Like, just, no, you Fringilla know. just gave you up. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, And so he tries to do the same thing to Yennefer that Taseya has been doing to Kahir. Um, but, like, in the hallway, of Eratusa, which is like, dude. Like he obviously gets caught by Tesea, and then that is when I guess that's what they use as sort of like the motivation to overthrow Stregbor. To the yes, which like you know, he's the he did that to himself. He got cocky, right? And now he's gonna get fucked, basically. Right, exactly. Then do we have? Oh, so then they have. There's a scene. There's like this scene between, and I don't correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not exactly sure when this happens. Um, there's a scene where Stregobor is talking about Yennefer and how she used fire magic, and she, you know, it was uh, you're not supposed to use fire magic, and she's basically like, I think it's Falka. Yes, he is talking about a sorceress. Named Falka from, I mean, like, years ago? Oh, like, centuries, maybe. Yes. And she basically, like, I don't know, she's, like, such a, she was a, a really, like, sorceress who, like, used fire magic, and she, like, burnt Stregobor's hands off? Yeah, it's so interesting, the whole thing, because he's giving this lesson to students, Right. And he has this, like, be- I mean, it's honestly beautiful, this, like, version of Falka. Yeah. In flames, like, destroying the world. And Istrid mm-hmm. is there watching, and he, like, immediately contradicts Stregobor. And he's like, that's not how it happened. Like, she wasn't just some crazy bloodthirsty sorceress. Like, there was a reason for all these things happening. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was there. And he magics away his hands. Yeah. To, like, burnt stumps. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, all right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then we see, then we see Triss, Marigold, mm-hmm. who we haven't seen since, I think, episode one. And she was, like, almost dying after the Battle of Sodden. Yeah. And yes. uh, Tessaia and Vilgefortz and Fringilla's uncle, who I can't remember his name, they save her. And yeah. so we don't actually see her for a while, but now we see her and she is looking better, but she clearly has like a lot of scars on yeah, her a lot body of trauma. from the battle and looks like burns, I guess. I yeah. Sort of. It's kind of a, you know, it's a sad but cute scene because I think Yen is in, um, I don't know, like a, a magical hot tub area oh, of yeah. the tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the and spa. She, <laughs> yeah, she, like, can't get the water to heat up. And so it's, like, Triss. Yes. And Sabrina. Yeah. And then a third. There's another one there. I think there's, like, four. It's the four of them. And I can't remember mm. who the fourth one is. Um, and there's like a little mini reunion because yes. you know they hear that Yennefer's alive right. and yep. they all go into the water except for Triss because she's like still uncomfortable with taking off her right clothes right 
Yeah, and at, I guess um, Yennefer can't make the water hot because she has no powers, and she doesn't want to tell anyone she has no powers, you know, so. I guess <sighs> something happens, and maybe it's just a scene where the Brotherhood is talking, and they want, they haven't got anything out of Kahir. They can't figure out, like, they can't get any information out of him, and so the kings, like, fall false full test king full test like they just want his head basically they're just like okay well you can't get anything out of him so like let's just kill him or something yeah like and that. it's it's i think it's so it's it's hazy to me and i and not because i can't remember but because i think the the show is sort of a little vague about the relationship between the mages and the kings because it seems like the kings aren't really sure what the Brotherhood is doing for them. Like, if it's worth having this partnership or not. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Brotherhood believes that if they make an example of Kahir, that will solidify some trust with the kings. The right. Northern kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the Northern kings are like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, whatever, just... Chop his head off, no big deal. Because I don't even know if they want to get as involved as the mages do. It's like very confusing to me. Yeah, because they what re- the political because alignments are when they are they've got like this big huge setup and like everyone's there all, and the kings are just like oh like what the hell's going on? like let's just get this over with like yeah they, they seem really so care. bored they're like whatever I heard this one she's using fire magic you know we should watch out for her and then it's just like it just seems weird so they want basically. Um, Tessia and Vilgefortz want Yennefer to prove that, that she's not an enemy. They want her to kill Kahir. They want her to chop his head off. And in a interesting turn of events, we have like a little reunion between Yennefer and Istred. And it's like unclear if Yennefer <laughs> thinks that she's leaving Eratusa or, or not. Mm. But Istred sort of stops her. And says, like, hey, I know what you're trying to do. I'm sort of working with Nilfgaard. Right. <laughs> like. I want to help the elves. Yeah, he says, he was like, uh, in my in my studies, I actually talked to the people of Nilfgaard. And they're so happy. And, like, you know, he, he definitely drank the Nilfgaard juice. Right. And so he's like, whatever you need to do to get out of here, I'm going to help you. Or. Right. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And Yennefer being Yennefer is like, fuck off, dude. I don't even. (laughs) Right. Whatever. Like. (laughs) Well, she's like, "Uh, yeah, are you going to go and run to Stragabor? Because that's what you did last time. (laughs) Bitch. Yeah, exactly. And I love that moment. I'm glad she said something. Because that irked me so much in season one. So I was glad that she brought that back. Even though it literally has been like 45 years. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch is for sure a water sign because there is no way she holds on to a grudge like that if she's not a Scorpio or a Cancer. I am telling you. I love it. I love it. Um, What? Yeah. What I love about the end of this episode is that it introduces us to a dynamic that I thoroughly enjoy in the next few episodes between Yennefer and Kahir. It's so good. It's actually better than Kahir and Fringilla. Oh yeah, because like, it's, it's like so good. She hates him. She hates <laughs> she, him. Like they hate each other. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I love the end of this episode. Yeah, and so she's like, "No, fuck you guys. I'm not gonna kill him. I'm gonna fucking set everything on fire again, <laughs> and I'm gonna take him with me, and we leave." <laughs> Which is kind of awesome. Like. I, I love it. And he's, like, on the back of the horse, and he's like, you know, why me? And she's like, ugh, I'm saving me. I don't care about you. And then they, like, ride You're off. just on the horse. <laughs> You're my ticket in, basically. Right. You know? Like, that's her thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect classic Yen. Just, you know. Yep. Damning everyone else just to make sure that her ass survives a little bit longer. She's for sure a Scorpio. She's so <laughs> self-destructive. <laughs> I would love to know the Witcher equivalent of the astrology chart. God, I could probably figure it out. 
I'm mm, telling you. I'm sure you can. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, I honestly, though, this is one of my, like I said, one of my favorite episodes of the season. I really enjoyed it. I love the stuff in Caremorn. I love seeing Yen sort of, even though she's lost her chaos, you know, she still is super powerful in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, and of course, like you said, it sets up this awesome dynamic between her and Kahir. And then we get the next episode, which is my second favorite episode of the season. It is so great as well. And we get, I can't wait for that conversation because I have so many It's going to be so much fun to talk about. So I, many thoughts. What, <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts about season two is just the interactions we get to see between characters that we wouldn't have seen yes. in season one. Yeah. And the chemistry between all of them just really works. Really good. Really good. Yeah, and I'm sure some of it maybe had to do with the way, like, because of COVID, there was probably, you know, they're trying to minimize how many people are on set at a time. They're trying to minimize, you know, the characters, not so many actors altogether. So I think we, it kind of gave us this really awesome season where there's not a ton of big battles. There's not a ton of really big things there's just like we get these like you said really amazing small very quality heavy small scenes which are so great yeah. and just i don't know so much fun yeah it it feels very character driven yeah, each episode which is great i thoroughly appreciate that same <sighs> so daria is there anything you can't stop thinking about this week okay so i i said a few weeks ago that over winter break my husband and I were going to finally watch Succession, and we are almost done with season two. Holy shit, Jenny. Honestly, okay, full fair warning, guys. I have been I have been watching this show since, like, it first came out, but there has been nothing better than having Daria message me stream of consciousness texts while she is watching the show. It is so great. <laughs> most deranged show I've ever watched and I I'm obsessed I'm obsessed like I'm so excited to keep watching it's so good I can't wait for you to watch season three everyone everyone is terrible so much everyone is terrible though I think (laughs) I still stand by the fact that of all of the Roy's Kendall is still my favorite Roy he is the least worst of all of them which is saying a lot, considering what he's responsible for. But right. somehow, right. I still like him more than anyone he else legit he's related the to. the only murderer, and yet he is still <laughs> the best of the worst. The best! Though I would argue it's accidental manslaughter. Oh, okay? for sure. He no. tried to he did, that but kid. He very just was high. too high <laughs> to keep his breath, basically. Mm-hmm. No, he definitely did not. It was not, it was totally accidental. Like, you know, but he's just, oh, his face sometimes just like hurts my soul because he's so sad looking. Oh my God. I, Jeremy Strong, I don't care if you are method all day long. I don't care if you're the biggest weirdo in the world. You are so insanely talented. I could, I, I it's love it. It's because he's so weird and he's so method. That's why. He's so good. So good. He's so good. I look at him and I feel so bad. I just want to, like, give him a hug. I know. Wrap him up in after a blanket. You watch, tuck him in. After you watch season three, then you have to go back and watch The Big Short. Yeah. Because he's I in know. The Big Short. Like, and he is, yeah. he has a small part, but he is very good. Um, and, uh, I watched it not It's so funny, because I've seen that movie a handful of times, and I don't remember him at all. He but. is one of the guys that works with Steve Carell's character. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, he is, yeah, no, he's awesome. Uh, so, I'm very excited for you to watch season three. I can't wait, because they all get so much worse. <laughs> so much worse. Oh I'm looking at you, God. Shiv. I can't even talk about Shiv because it's like the feminism floats from my body when she's on screen because I fucking hate her. I know. 
It is. And it really makes me mad that she's so much more hateable than some of the men on the show. It makes me so mad how much I hate her. Like, I... (laughs) It makes me so mad how much... I despise her. It's so bad. But it's <sighs> I got to the episode where um they're they're flying to London to sort of secure some of the stakeholders. Yep. And Raya is the CEO, the fired CEO for Pierce. <laughs> yes. Is on the plane and she goes Shiv thinks she's smarter than she is. Yeah. It's true. I know. <laughs> it's true. I know. I know. It makes me so mad. You I you know. know. I I message you all the time, and I'm like, Shiv, stop, Shiv, please. I know. I know. Be smarter. But it's like you know, she just in some ways though. But I love what they do to the character because, and Sarah Snook plays her so well because this is how people act in this. In this world, this is what the patriarchy does to women in corporate oh, yeah. worlds. It's no, terrible. It's, it's an incredible performance. Sarah Snook is so, so good. ridiculously talented. I think one of my favorite things about this show is the face work. Yeah. Between Jeremy Strong and Sarah Snook and Kieran Culkin. The three of them, the the thousand little micro expressions that you see in their face every episode i mean it's heartbreaking okay but tom yeah i know you know i mean you know how i feel about mr darcy (laughs) yeah matthew mcfadden i just ha he like i can watch the 2005 pride and prejudice and it is not the same person like no just (laughs) i don't understand it like he just somehow disappears into Tom Lomsgams and it's insane I was just (gasps) uh someone posted a clip of the scene where Mr. Darcy's walking through the marsh and his shirt's undone and he's just like oh yeah I know yes I must find you and I'm thinking that's Tom (laughs) I know can you imagine that man being like yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg. <laughs> it's just like you can't. It's not the same person. He's just so fucking talented. Oh my god. I will say cousin Greg is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Of every of the entire show. I mean, of the quote unquote Roy family, he's definitely the least worst of the worst. Yeah. But he's like adjacent. So he For doesn't sure. technically count. I mean, he's not above dangling some blackmail to get himself an office, you know? But, like, it's almost like you got to scam the scammers a little bit. Right. Right. Exactly. And I love that whenever he casually mentions the, like, bad things he's done, everyone's like, yeah, Greg. All right, Greg. Good for you, man. Like, you're diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, my God. Please just watch the whole season this week so I can live vicariously through you again because it is so great. I'll probably get my husband to watch one more tonight, but we'll probably finish season two at least this week. And Oh, man. Season two finale. <sighs> so good. So good. I can't even tell. I mean, I'm at the point where, like, Usually when I watch a show, I try and figure out what's happening because I just can't. I want to know and I want to plot and I want to plan. For sure. But with this. You can't. I just sit back. You can't, but you can't. Like, I let the shit go. Because, I mean, like, crazy is. Because you know? you're just like, there's no way they could absolutely fucking do, oh shit, they did. Like, yeah. every single time. It's like I'm watching everyone make the worst choice every time. No one ever makes the good choice. They go, hmm, how can I fuck up this situation even more? Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. Oh, I just was remembering Tom's bachelor party. <laughs> oh, God. So and, terrible. So and, terrible. And now Roman is with Tabitha, and it's like... I know. It's a lot. Uh, I get it. Like, I, I was sort of just waiting for the hype to die down a little bit so I could catch up secretly in my own time and I get it. Yeah. I will be joining the hordes of Twitterers who post incessantly when season four comes yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Year. 
yeah, it is. Oh, what a good show. Uh, what about you, Jenny? What can you just not stop thinking about? Well, I finally finished uh, Wheel of Time. I watched it over yes. the holiday season. I I liked it. I will say that I <laughs> liked it. I really did. I <laughs> I have been a huge Rosamund Pike stan uh, for a long time. Um, oh, so I really stunning. love her. Mm-hmm. Oh, weird. That was a weird. We should have segued into from 2005's Pride and Prejudice. I know. I was just thinking. The older sister. But. Yes. So, yeah, I have been a fan of hers for a long time. Also been a fan of Daniel Honey for a long time. So how could you not be? Right. So there was like reasons for me to want to watch it for sure. Um, Mm. Have never read the books. Um, One of my really, really, really good friends um, has read the books since like they started being like, you know, from like I've known him 20 years and he's been reading them for 20 years. So. So, yeah, but I've never actually like read one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite hearing him talk about them. So, yeah, I'm so I was kind of coming into it from a little bit of a different viewpoint um, versus Game of Thrones, where I had read all of the books before season one aired. Right. So, but I kind of like that I did. I'm glad that I did. But in, in some ways, but like I have some, I have some problems with a couple oh, of yeah. characters. Yeah. Like I should have known that that Anakin motherfucker Rand was going to be more important than I wanted him to be. Like he that looks Anakin like hating Christian. He looks like hating Christensen. He acts like Anakin Skywalker. Like I should have just known. I should have just known. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that that gets better in season 2. I really I really like some of the actors. Mhm. In the case of Nynaeve, I don't know how to say her Nynaeve. name. Nynaeve. Nynaeve. Wonderful actress. Really, yeah. really great actress. I don't think the material she was given was fair. I would like, it, I would like to talk to someone who read the book and I want to ask them, is she as intolerable in the book as they make her out to be in the show? Because I don't think it's fair. I think there is times when they could have gone a different direction with her character and she would have been like, she's just not. There were times when I really wanted to root for her. And then there were times when I was just like, shut the fuck up. Well, you know, what's hard is, is the episode where she saves all of the Aes Sedai and like heals everybody. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be a turning point. Yes. There. I think that's what I, th- I was expecting. Like they survived this trauma together. She saved their lives. Like. But she's just like kind of an asshole for like the last three episodes. And I'm like, why though? Yeah. What does this, how does this serve the character? Like I understand like being apprehensive of the Aes Sedai and I understand protecting these kids who like you've watched them grow up since they were little. I understand all of that. But, like, why are you being an asshole about it? Like, it's just, I just didn't understand. And I don't know if it's because they didn't give us enough and there's more in the book. Or it's, like, a screenplay choice that is bad. Yeah, it's hard to tell because, like, you, I've never read the books. I have no concept of the source material. And so I sort of just judge it based off of what I see. And what I see is... People who don't give my girl Moraine any respect. She like is constantly suffering to save these motherfuckers and they're so distrustful. And it's like, man, she didn't have to stop you from dying multiple times. If she, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Oh my God, I know. And no, but like, honestly, like Zoe Robbins, who plays Nynaeve, she's so good. She's absolutely great. I loved her so much. Like, she really is amazing, but, like, I really feel like she deserves better material. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping, I'm really hoping season two takes some of these things and approve, improves upon them because yeah. it's just... Yeah, and, like, maybe some just more experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's sort of the the tricky thing with, like, casting a bunch of unknowns is you really don't know what you're going to get. And, I mean, I think that there were some great performances. Yeah. 
Uh, but I also think that the roles ask for a lot. Yeah. And it can be hard to, you know, deliver if it's like one of your first big roles. For sure. Yeah. And I think it's funny, you know, we say all this, but it's like, if I was going into, say, watching The Last Kingdom season one, like, what would I have said if I had never, if I hadn't watched all four seasons at one time and, like, mm-hmm. deeply fallen in love with all of those characters, how would I That's feel? A big, and I a would, big, like, I would be much, much meaner yeah. to several of the people on that show, <laughs> including Richard. <laughs> uh, so... You know, so... We'll talk about it in a few months, Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure. Yeah, so I just thought it was funny because, you know, it's like, it's all it's all sort of relative, I guess, because if I hadn't watched Wheel of Time and I'd waited, like, three seasons, I probably wouldn't have cared, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's like, even still, it was visually stunning. So beautiful. I loved so many moments. I loved the... Just the the adaptation in terms of the casting yeah. and the uh, relationships. And I mean, I love that it's post-apocalyptic. Oh, that blew my mind. Blew my instead mind. Instead of just generic, weird Middle Ages. Well, that's Lord what I Rings, thought it was. You know? And then we get to that episode and they're like, oh, 300 years in the past. And there's like flying planes. And I'm like, what? 3,000. That's right. That, 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 what did I say? 300. Oh, 3,000. That's what I meant. 3,000 years. But even like, still, like, it's insane. The, yeah, so. Very cool. I loved it. Yeah, it was good. Oh, well, folks, thanks for listening. <laughs> you can listen to our previous episodes at our website, www.hotelvicarious.com, or on any of your preferred podcast listening apps. You can email us at hotelvicarious at gmail.com. You can also find us on our socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hotel Vicarious. And if you feel so inclined, please review, rate us on Apple and Spotify and Good Pods and all of those great things because you love us so much. And we desperately help appreciate subsidize it. our lives. <laughs> We're just going to keep joking about it casually until we, like, no longer need to have We're going to manifest it in 2022. <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to do. But, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious. And we hope you enjoyed your stay. <laughs>